Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Welcome back to Hashtag Single. I'm your host, Jeanette Bonner. I cannot believe we're here. Uh, We actually made it to the end of 2020. What a year. Uh, We are rounding out 2020 with the last of our matchmaker series with an incredible guest. Uh, April Davis is a matchmaker and founder slash president of Luma, which is a privately owned matchmaking firm established in 2010, now with 40 locations across the United States. Luma has been recognized with several awards, including the Chicago Innovation Award, the Up and Comer Award, and is currently ranked as number 625 on the Inc. 5000 list. Luma prides itself on its impressive success rate, helping professionals, executives, and millionaires connect and forge fulfilling long-term relationships. April has been featured on Bravo's Real Housewives of the OC and is currently based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. April, thank you so much for joining me on Hashtag Single. Well, thanks for having me. Are you still in Minnesota, by the way? I am right now. Oh, wonderful. A lot of people moved around because of COVID, so I don't know what everyone's situations are. Um, First of all, so I absolutely love talking to female entrepreneurs on this show. So tell me a bit more about how you got started in this industry and what led you to founding Luma in 2010. Yeah, I've always been a connector. And I even put together a couple. The first couple that ended up getting married was when I was 16 years old. And Cute. Yeah. And I'm always connecting people for whether it's dating relationships or friendships or business. You know, I'm just, I think it's the easiest way that you can make a huge change in someone's life is through an introduction. And I just had a knack for it. And then my background's in business um, and process improvement. So I realized that there was an opportunity to take, you know, this hobby essentially and turn it into a company. And that's exactly what I do. And now, like you said, we're Inc. 5000 company, we're nationwide, and we help couples all across the U.S. find that person that they can, you know, have their happily ever after with. That's really rad. Was this the first company that you founded as, um, I guess I hate this term, but as a startup? Yeah, outside of, you know, a lemonade stand when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I love the jump. You're like, I'm going to sell lemonade. I'm going to match people up forever and ever. Um, There you go. Right. That's, uh, well, that's like, that's success to me. I I figure if you feel like if you know the foundation of selling something on the sidewalk to people who are like, don't know they want it, um, then you can probably pretty much do anything. I think it's more so it's always been hard working and, you know, my first, um, Oh, I always go back to, I think I learned everything I needed to back when I was a waitress because working in a small town cafe in northern Minnesota, you would encounter all kinds of people from all different backgrounds because Mm. you had people that had their second homes up there and they were ultra wealthy. And then you had the local people that are the loggers and hunters and stuff like that. So you could really get to know all kinds of 
various personality types. And that, um, and then also just the hard work ethic, you know, that you get from working in the, the service industry and taking care of people and helping people. Yeah, all, absolutely. All I think um, it, it's a it's a face to face job, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So anytime you're forced to, yes, be in service to someone, but not hide behind a computer, as I think a lot of people are doing in customer service today or just on social media, like you really have to hone your communication skills. Um, And absolutely, I feel like that could, that hustle serves you in business every single day. Mm -hmm. So talk to me more about the process of working with Luma. Because the language on your website targets professionals, executives, and millionaires. So it sounds like you're specifically marketing to sort of a top-tier C-suite wealthier client. Is that true? Yeah, it's a lot of people that are business owners, attorneys, executives, professionals. You know, they have a busy schedule. A lot of them, you know, are divorced and don't want to deal with the whole online thing because it is very time consuming and everyone knows that people can be whoever they want online mm. and so they're used to it's people that are used to outsourcing things in their life you want to be the best in anything you get a coach or you have somebody you hire somebody else to do it you don't you don't spend your time doing that you do you do what you enjoy and I don't know many people that really enjoy the whole like swiping and messaging and trying to find. <laughs> no. I mean, it is supposed to be entertainment. I mean, truly, that's what it is. It's not, but it's not very efficient. And that's where we come in. And we have a network of thousands of people all across the country that we can source from, as well as we have recruiters on our team. That, that's all they do is find matches for our clients. And we put them together and match them up. And, um, and you know, they take it from there. That's such an interesting perspective. I hadn't really put those two things together, which is that, you know, when you get to be a top tier working professional, you delegate, you know, it's like the opposite of um, like, like what I do, basically, like I'm a I'm a, a one man production company. And so I do marketing and I'm doing production and I'm doing job search and stuff like that. But when you start to have success, you build your company and you can start delegating to other people. So I hadn't really put that together that this would be just another extension of life that you would, for lack of a better word, like delegate to someone else. That's so interesting. Right. And matchmakers have been around for thousands of years. Sure. And that's what people, that's where they would go um, when they were looking to find that person They'd go to a matchmaker and matchmaker knows all the single people and oftentimes you know if you're looking for somebody that is a catch oftentimes they're not going to be on the apps you know i know mm. lots of really good looking women that there's no way that they'll go on the app because they'll get bombarded with hundreds of weirdos and it's just very it's not it's not only time consuming but it can be kind of scary for women as well so true i mean i'm the first to sort of completely rat out about like dating apps i really feel like if you listen to any of these episodes on the podcast like i just feel like they are broken like they don't work for i could make a thesis about why so many reasons um so and but it's so also so interesting like if you're dealing with people who are top tier professionals millionaires as you say maybe celebrities um they're not going to want to have that kind of public information online that's searchable also right Exactly. And I mean, if you know the people that are behind the apps, that are creating the apps, 
they're they're all developers. They're all IT tech people. They don't they don't actually work with people. <laughs> they don't right, understand right. the dating process. And yeah, they have feedback and they I know they're trying to do things to make it better for people, but ultimately you're never going to be able to predict love. Whether I mean they think they can, but there is no indicator that okay, if this person has this personality type, then they will go with this person. They're gonna have chemistry with this person or this you know, there's there's no way to ever predict it. And I mean you can find people that you might be attracted to, you can find people that match up on um, the way they answer certain questions, but you just nobody can ever predict love and I mean the matchmakers can't either, but you can't leave the thing with the online with the apps, you can't verify. People can say they are whatever they mm -hmm. they want to be or whoever they want to be. And their incentives with the apps, the the people that are running them, their incentive is just to get more users and keep you on and keep you engaged, keep you using the apps. Right. And if you get in a relationship and you fall off, well they lose revenue. So it's kind of a it's yeah, it's a little bit it's backwards from what you would think. And you know, I we go to a um, we're part of this matchmaking industry group basically, and um, it's it's interesting the stuff that we learn at those events versus I've been to other events that are for dating apps and the kinds of things that they're talking about versus what they're talking about at the matchmaking events are very different. <laughs> you know, they're mm. versions they're talking about you know number of you know, people engagement and uh, on the app. And whereas we're talking about, okay, how can we coach our clients to, or, you right. know, or how can we get them to do this, not to be successful ultimately. So it's two different, um, ultimately it's two different goals. So yeah, you're missing the human element, which is right. the whole point of dating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you got to take it for what it is. They, they they market themselves as being like this is how you find that person but if you read the fine print they're truly they're an entertainment system so yeah you know what that makes me think of i know this is really obscure but if you ever get into the science of junk food if you ever watch any of those documentaries about um, how much time they put into trying to create a flavor and a texture that is not um, necessarily tasty tasty is secondary but addictive yeah. is the first one they want to get when you realize that they're just trying to manipulate manipulate you to want more really mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's so twisted so you get these notifications that this person winked at you and you're getting attention and it's another social media such device yeah it, it feeds that like dopamine need mm -hmm. for right. attention exactly and i mean i was just talking to a lady the other day she's like yeah i was messaging with this guy and She's like, I just don't really feel like going on dates. They'll ask me and, you know, I'm available, but, and I have time. I could make it a priority, but I just don't really feel like it. I'm like, well, what are you doing then? <laughs> Messaging. And I feel like that's every I guy I is. talk to you on the app. I'm like, hey, are we, are we going out or are we, what are we doing right now? We're just going to be pen pals. But... Yeah, we're just going to talk to each other when we're lonely on our couches, but not actually make an effort to meet. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what ends up happening. It's so how do you find your clients? Is it word of mouth? Are you like going on LinkedIn and sending invitations? Well, a lot of it is word of mouth or they ultimately, a lot of times they find us because they're looking for matchmakers mm -hmm. and they'll find us one way or another and reach out. I have to ask you about this because I'm 
dying to know. Your website also mentions that you guys offer wingman or wing woman services to your clients. How does that work? Well, what that entails is a lot of it's coaching. So sometimes you have to do it out and about, not just you know over a phone or you know. So you actually go on the date with them. Not necessarily on a date, but a lot of times it's more of a social setting. And um, I actually, I did it one time in a, the camera crew, CBS was with us and recording, filming. So it was a new, it ended up being on a, um, the Miami, CBS Miami News. Oh my God. And what I did was went out with this guy and helped him to meet women. And I think, you know, women approaching women and talking to women is a lot less you know it's less scary and so that's kind of what we do we kind of all make openings and then make introductions and help just make it easier for um the person that where you are with to help them to you know to talk to people and so you would go to potentially like a coffee shop or something and then say like see that lady in the green coat go ask her where she got her shoes i don't know yeah i could give them tips like that and coach them or um in some cases I might talk to her first and in a very just low-key way and then make an introduction. I love that. I want want one of those so bad. Will you do it April? (laughs) When we go back into the world, I want you to just come around New York and be like, hey. Well, that's, yeah, it would be easy. Let me just introduce you to that guy on the subway that you keep looking Mm -hmm. at. Yeah, that's exactly what we do. I just, or it's kind of also by example. So you can see, like, this is how I, I could tell you, okay, this is what you're going to do, and we can practice role play. Yeah. Like, I'll show you and stuff. So there's just different ways to initiate a conversation with people. I love that so much because I, I really, I talk about this often, I really just feel like that is something that is very absent in our culture now. Like, you, everyone's like, I don't like the bar scene. But I'm like, there's no bar scene. If you go to a bar, every single person's eyes are on their phone or the person that they're with. Like no one has ever has their face up just looking around hoping to make eye contact. So it's not, I've never, I've gone to a bar and sat there by myself, like maybe I, uh, hoping to talk to somebody, but no one's even looking, you know? Yeah, well you have to, you have to make it easy. So, you know, back in the day, a woman would drop the handkerchief so the guy could pick it yes, up. Yes, I love that. And, you know, right, and start talking to her. So you have to do some version of that today. And usually it it could just be you know, smiling and saying hi and, you know, just chit-chatting, doing it, you know, it's a very natural kind of way where it's not directly like, oh, you're hot or anything like that. It's just being friendly. Yeah. And I would tell people, just practice. Do it all the time, everywhere you are. You're in the elevator and there's some, you know, 70-year-old woman. Just practice chit-chatting with her. Be human and engage with people. And that's, again, that goes back to what I learned as a waitress back when I was you know, 15, 16 years old, is <laughs> you know, how to talk to anyone and everyone, how to make small talk. And people say, oh, I don't like small talk. Well, you know, when you first meet someone, you have to. You can't just yes. dive into you know, some political deep. <laughs> exactly, or like, let me tell you about my family history. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. And yeah. Just the weather and I'm, just showing someone that you're friendly and then we'll open up the door. I'm so glad you're coaching that because, I mean, it, it's, I find that a little sad that that is now something sort of like the lost art of letter writing. Like, it's something that I feel like we're losing as a culture. It's just sort of being able to 
put down the machine and have a conversation with a stranger for a moment in the hallway, you know, and just smile at another human and have a connection. Yeah, and you can, I mean, just practice it. And a lot of times people think that, oh, they're going to think I'm weird. And no, they're going to think you're friendly. Yeah. Just be friendly. And you can practice with the waitress or the person checking you out behind the counter, um, you know, at the cashier. I mean, and... You know, just anyone and everyone, just simply asking them, hi, how, how are you doing? How's your day? You know, and then making some kind of random comment about anything <laughs> that you're thinking of. I always say, too, if you notice something about someone that you think is nice, tell them. You know, just like they say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Well, the opposite is true, if you ask me. So if you see something nice about, if you can say something nice about someone, then you should let them know. And, I mean, you have to be careful with guys so they don't think that they're hitting on you if you don't mm-hmm. intend to. But um, that is a great way if you do intend to. <laughs> if you do like them and you are interested, you can give them a compliment. And I think, you know, I was going through the elevator, or sorry, going to the airport a couple months ago. And there was just this, you know, 70-year-old woman. She had beautiful eyes. And I told her. And I probably made her day. You know, just little things like that. Oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah. Yeah. It's just letting people know what you're thinking i think that just it makes you feel good too when yeah you, to when see someone else something. smile after mm-hmm. you've said something right um i enjoy that too um okay so break down the 83 percent success rate for me how does luma define quote-unquote success is it a long-term relationship is it someone ending their client relationship with you where it is? Well, it's um yeah. If they're in a relationship, if they if they meet someone that they are dating and they can put their membership on hold, then that's what we would consider. A that's a success for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Right. One of the things I find super interesting about the matchmakers with Luma is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems as if all of your matchmakers are also certified life coaches, or just maybe they've had training. Yeah. Training. They may or may not be certified. But that means that, you know, they and you are doing almost double duty to help find matches, but also helping your clients set personal and professional goals. Yeah, typically it's more coaching more around their personal Around their relationships. Okay. And, um, but we take those, those tools that we've learned and we apply them to dating and relationships. And so there might be something like one of the exercises that we do with a lot of clients is a values exercise where we determine basically we're weighing Mm. values against each other to prioritize which ones should be at the top because ultimately you should pick your partner based on your values so you have to figure out first of all you know what are your top values and um so we'll go through that exercise and then um but again that's one that we learned from the life coaching training and we just were applying it to dating so because it's important to find a partner that matches your values so often mm-hmm. you know our our culture is so focused on the superficial things and because we can swipe all day long until we find someone that we're attracted to and ultimately a relationship takes more than just that physical attraction of course so you have to understand what's most important to you and then when you're choosing a partner select in that order as well but and it's so important i think to to sort of take a step back and look at everything in the whole picture. Like, yeah, you're looking for a relationship, but a relationship is just a tiny little, like, wheel or 
section, like little section of the wheel of your life, you know, and like where that wheel or little like wedge fits into the whole circle is, um, I, I don't think something that people really consider. I, I agree. I think people look at the more tangible things that are more easily attainable, such as, okay, if religion is important to you, then you know, I need to pray every day, I need to go to church. If your career is important to you, you know, that you need to go to college and, you know, do well so then you can have a good career. But when it comes to relationships, people just kind of bump around until they find somebody that yes. they- basically they don't there's no clearly defined path that you can take in order to be good in a relationship or better in a relationship and improve your skill set and have a have a great relationship there's no college you know per se for relationships and so what ends up happening is people just learn on the job and usually suck at it and don't put in effort and usually don't you know don't know how to improve things and it's a, it just amazes me sometimes because I'll meet people that and they're divorced because, well, wow, they just realized apparently that it doesn't work to have an atheist and someone that's Jewish married and having, right. you know, that's a problem. And so it's, you know, because they fall in, they get married because they fall in love. And, you know, that's great and all, but that a lot of, they will wear off and you need to have something more solid there once those initial, that initial chemistry and connection wears off. You know, you have to be, you have to bond, you have to, you know, have aligned goals and values. And most people just kind of figure that out, they, on, you know, on the job, so to speak. They don't necessarily understand that, you know, or think through and make a conscious decision on how they're going to choose a partner mm. and, um, or whether or not they should really marry that person. Ultimately, they're just like, oh, I love them. I'll get, I'll get over those I'll figure giant it out. red flags. Yeah. I'll get over those giant red flags. So. Yeah. Someone once yeah. described or compared a marriage to a small business to me. And I was like, that's genius. Like you have mm-hmm. to think about, I'm <clears throat> getting into business with a partner. She happens to be, or he, or they happen to be my life partner, but let's make sure that we have the same business plan. Right. to succeed, you know? Mm-hmm. I often tell people that that are even getting a partner in business. I often tell yeah. them, well, I like a marriage. So you better, <laughs> you better be damn sure you want to do it. It's a safe story. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, I mean, what you bring up is really interesting to me. I think that, I mean, I'm guessing here, but my conjecture is that the reason why people don't spend as much time thinking and planning it out and and thinking it through is because really it's kind of the one thing in life we can't control, right? So like you pick a college that you want to go to to study something for a specific career plan. You make moves that you can adjust. You know, all that good stuff is sort of in our control, but finding a person and falling in love is a large part of that is sort of up to fate. Yes, no, but you can you can give yourself opportunities, more or less opportunities. And you can also change your outlook on how you see things. Totally, totally. So this, it can go two ways. There's, you have some people that are um, just, you know, they're, they had their list of things that they want in their partner and they're, they have more of a negative outlook and they're looking at 
how can I disqualify this person? There's so many, especially when you're, they're on my apps, you know, there's so many things you gotta, you have to eliminate the knowns. It's like mm. walking into Home Depot trying to figure out what paint color to purchase. Well, you gotta narrow it down and then, okay, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna start with the grays. This is what I want to eliminate all the other colors and just focus on the different <laughs> 50 shades of gray <laughs> that you might want. And then, so there's, there's that side of thing. There's, there's that perspective. And then there's the other side where, you know, there's people that if you have uh, an outlook where you look at the positives in people and you um, are open-minded, open, you have an open heart, then you can allow yourself to fall in love with a lot of people. You can see, yeah. you see the good in them and you, you appreciate the differences that you have. And stuff. So I can, you know, there's people that are on that extreme too, or on that, I shouldn't say it's not necessarily extreme, but they have that that path and then they're just more open so they're going to have more opportunities and stuff and they're also that way you can, therefore you can start narrowing down from that and focus more on the whole picture you know the values not just it's not just about the chemistry the connection or mm-hmm. you know the hundred other things on your list it's more what's going to work for you long term and making still more strategic decision about it versus you know, look at the first person I described, they're out on a mission and they're, they have just a, a very small target and they have to try to find that person that's going to fit into fit that target, basically, right. for that target profile. And then they got to hopefully, you know, have a connection <laughs> and have that chemistry. And I usually, I, I don't ever see it work when they have that mentality. It doesn't work. You know, it, this isn't, Voices is not build a bear or build a boy. <laughs> you have to have open mind. Oh my god, I love that analogy so much. Mm-hmm. That's where I mean, that's what the problem is with our society. Is yes, we get what we want, you know, and it's it's not Burger King. A hundred percent. Dating is not Burger King, so you don't you can't make it your way <laughs> or McDonald's or whatever. I am, I'm, I'm so behind you. You have no idea. I love that you are a certified life coach, um, yourself. Uh, and since this is our last guest episode of 2020 and God knows we're all ready to say goodbye to it. Um, and the last in my, um, matchmaker series for the podcast, um, I thought I might pick your brain a little bit and get a little deeper into what this time of year means to single people. Is that cool with you to talk about sounds good yeah love it um i think everyone knows that the holidays are rife with emotional minefields this time of year um but i think there's like three situations that i think are especially tricky to navigate Mm -hmm. so one you've been single forever and you're starting to feel the pressure from your really nosy or persistent family who either doesn't get why you can't just settle down or thinks you're not trying hard enough to get yourself out there Two, you're divorced uh, and have kids and have to navigate seeing your ex and their potential new significant other and or kids and blending your family time. Or three, you're single because of a situation that was out of your control, meaning a partner left you, broke up with you, moved out. Or if you're older, maybe someone has passed on, leaving you to try to process really challenging emotions during a time when others expect you to be happy. So... Let's chat about all of those situations, if, if that's mm-hmm. possible. But um, let's tackle the first one first. Mm-hmm. So a lot of well-meaning people, well-meaning people that love you, um, think that our, our relationship status is their business. Mm-hmm. Why Why is that? 
Well, it's sometimes it's what they know about you, and so that's what they're going to talk about. So it's, it's just like when two people go on a date, they sit there and they talk about dating and how horrific the dates are and all their bad dates and da 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 da. And I always tell them. Don't talk about dating. Don't talk about your exes. Don't talk about the dating process. You've been on this planet for a hundred years, you know, or not hundred years, but however long. <laughs> but see, you should have, you know, millions of other things to talk about besides that, because it kind of just has a negative connotation associated mm-hmm. with it. So let's just talk about something else. And so that's what they know about you, right? Is that you're single. And so I would just tell them, you know, I'd rather be single and happy than in a relationship and unhappy, wouldn't you? Because that's oftentimes, that's what we see, is people that are a couple of they're not happy. Right. That's kind of a, like the go-to mentality, right, as soon as somebody gets married. You know, you, it seems more rare to see happy married people, which is sad, but I, mm. I feel like that's just kind of like the expectation almost with people. They just think that, oh, now I got you tied down so we can be unhappy together <laughs> it's, it's just it's weird but yeah i would i would just fire back something like that if i was if somebody was to say like oh why are you single well do, you know i'd rather be single and happy living my life and doing what i want than you know in a relationship and unhappy yeah it's you? a solid line yeah and then when you put it back on them like wouldn't you and then they of course who's going to disagree with that <laughs> Right, that sort of settles it because you can't say like, "Why would no, you, you not should be unhappy. want me to be?" <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. if you if you truly want me to be happy, which is you know you love me, that's what you want from me. I always try to tell people like, "But I'm happy now. Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. missing." You know, that's yeah. really hard for people to get to wrap their mind around. I think like oh. um, a lot of my podcast guests and a lot of my friends who are single we we've often been approached with this sense of like oh you're single let me help you fix that well i might be tempted to do that i, <laughs> I guess i'm talking to the wrong person <laughs> no so, but like i, mean, I hate i hate the word fix like something's broken you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's not yeah, I mean, it's there's nothing, there's definitely not anything that I tell people all the time they should be single and not, or just dating. You know, you should be hunkered down in a you know solid relationship with someone. You should just be out meeting people, having fun, figuring out what you want. It's yeah. oftentimes what people need to do. So for you, I would say that you know your life is pretty great, and you have of ice cream, the whipped cream, and you know, if somebody's going to come into your life, then they better be the cherry, because <laughs> you yes. just, you're not going to settle for anything and less than that, because you know, you're, you feel fulfilled, and you have a great life, and then yeah. need to add value to that, rather than you know, take away, and so that narrows your pool of choices too. I love that. So a dating coach once gave me the phrase of like I love my life and what I've built for myself. It would take a really exceptional person to let me let them or let me share that with them. You know, it's sort of like you have to remember it's like like what you have what like you said exactly. I have something of value and you get to share it with me. Now, and there's a fine line though between that mentality and then there's people that have their list of millions of items that they think they need in order to be in a relationship with someone. I don't know if you, have you seen that um, Netflix show, The Indian Matchmaker? 
I have it. I know about it, but I haven't watched it. There's a there's a lady on the show that if anyone that's seen this knows what I'm talking about, but she has this ridiculous list and these ridiculous standards for the kind of person that she wants to be with. I mean, she even says that she doesn't want somebody that is funny. Like, okay, who says that? Why? I don't know. She just is too, takes herself a little Just to be, yeah, just to be different, I guess. Yeah, it was funny when we were watching the show. As soon as I saw her, I told my husband, I'm like, she's a lawyer. I knew it right off the bat. (laughs) You could just tell she kind of has a negative attitude and that's that's her mentality. It's like devil's advocate. Yeah, like wanting to be contradictory on purpose. Oh, Maybe, maybe that's that's it, but it's just not a, I don't know, she just didn't seem like a very pleasant person. And um, is, you know, again, has that negative outlook. And then there's another character on the show who is the exact opposite. Just super loving, happy-go-lucky, and, you know, vibrant. I've actually messaged her as like, let me match you! I'm like, I want to help you! Oh my god, how great is that? <laughs> Yeah, she's she's the kind of person that will be definitely be successful. She's the kind of person that people want to be around. She's a magnet and has great energy and stuff. So it's it's I think it was a great exposition of the two personality types and, and what what works and what doesn't. You know, in the show, I didn't I didn't watch all of it, but what I saw, neither of them end up have ended up in a relationship at least in the in the show. But I just know from experience what works and what doesn't and you know you have to have that loving heart and personality versus you know look, looking for reasons why you shouldn't allow someone in your life you know there's there's a million reasons why you should let someone because you can learn from them you can have new experiences and i think just life oftentimes is can be enjoyed a lot more when you have somebody to share it with you know and have that partner so Anyway, I think I think back to what we were talking about. I think um, you know when I when I talk to people who are single who who struggle with family situations this time of year, I think a lot of it is. I agree with you. It's sort of like you know you just tell your family like we're not talking about this. I'm a full person. Let's talk about my work or my volunteer work or or my kids or what have you. But I think there's a lot of self-imposed guilt like a, an expectation, you know, sometimes I hear like all my brothers and sisters are married and have kids, but I'm the last one or like there's responsibility to fulfill this family destiny. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you I have keep any... having so many lines in my head of what I would say. Oh, tell me, tell me everything. Like, <laughs> I would what just would you... say, oh, why aren't you married? It was like, cause I don't want to be divorced. You know? Hey, <laughs> something like that. And, that's a singer. I like that. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that there's, it's not. I mean, there's, it's not for everyone, and timing has to be right. I think oftentimes people get married because everyone around them is. Yes. Think, okay, like I should. I just heard my husband and one of his friends were talking about a couple, and they they decided that that couple would have never got married if. All his friends around him weren't getting married at that same time. So I often say that people don't get married to the right one. They get married to the one that they're with when the timing is right. Because timing is, you know, timing is everything. So that kind of pushes people to do it, you know, at that point in time. And I think if people decide to live their own life in accordance to what they want and, you know, create their own path and go against the status quo, they're going to ultimately be happier. 
So I think that, I mean, that's the key. Just don't be afraid of being weird or not abnormal, you know, God forbid, <laughs> be abnormal and go against what everyone else is doing. You know, I, right. Personally, I like to not fit in the box. I personally, I am oftentimes have a very different opinion than the popular opinion and stuff or a different perspective, perspective and things. And I'm okay with it. Like, we shouldn't, we don't have to be, you know, minions. <laughs> we don't all have to be the same. We can do yeah. what we want. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's... But, you know, as long as you're happy, you march the beat of your own drum. Agreed. Agreed. I think I think that's really hard to do. I think it takes a lot of strength, and especially with family dynamics. Um, mm-hmm. well, it depends. I mean, if that's braveness. really what you want, you know, it depends on what you you want. Maybe you want to be in a relationship and you want to find that person. Well, that's a different story. But if you're like, eh, I'm okay, <laughs> then well, who's to tell you that you should do anything? You know, <laughs> you can do whatever here, here. you do. You want here, here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go to the second situation that I described. So let's pretend a person is divorced and has kids and has to deal with an ex situation. Mm-hmm. How do you recommend dealing with an ex who may be potentially a co-parent in sharing the holidays if you're mm-hmm. an alpha woman who likes to be in control? Um, I mean, first of all, when you had kids with someone, you gave up control. <laughs> You just, that's just, it's, sorry, it's just the laws work and... Noted, okay. Yeah, you you live in the U.S. and you chose to have, you know, have a child with someone else, then you're giving up, you're relinquishing half of that control. And I'm married to a divorce attorney, by the way, so... Oh my God, that's so interesting, April. (laughs) A matchmaker and a divorce attorney. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you're like a a one-man shop. (laughs) Well, we just need a therapist in between us. Yeah, right? (laughs) A little trifecta. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that, I mean, one thing that I had, one interesting experience I had was I was actually coaching, I had a client who was, she actually was a psychologist, which is interesting but um and she had an ex that was a narcissist jerk and they had kids and that was a lot of where her anxiety was coming from and actually i think that was also where why she part of why she wanted to be in a relationship so bad because he had already moved on so Mm. she wanted to move on Mm. and you know and he would still control her and everything with through the kids and i was coaching her with the help of my husband on how to have that interaction with him and how to push back and have to, how to have clear boundaries because he would make her if they're watching the kids at a ball game he would say well we should sit by each other and I'm like no you you don't have to do anything like that you know and she he would you know he he was also a psychologist interestingly enough oh, wow. and, and a narcissist and so he would manipulate and you know guilt her into doing what he wanted her to do and I was coaching her how to be strong and like no try the boundaries and then it's susceptible what she has to do and what she doesn't have to do and then you know when you're when you have a parenting schedule and you're doing the joint custody you should have the holidays figured out well ahead of time who's going to be with the kids and what holidays and you know that's what there's apps for communication there's apps for you know dropping off and picking up the kids and um, you know, you can text each other. You don't need to talk to them each time. But, you know, ultimately you do want, it's in your best interest and your kid's best interest to have a good relationship. 
with the person that you're co-parenting with. But um, but also you need to have those boundaries and you know feel okay with what's the, the, the way the communication is working. Yeah, I mean I think that's just like a general rule for all of us. Just even single, not single, just dealing with family at the holidays is having boundaries mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and being able to effectively communicate those boundaries as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to, because this person is going to be in your life for 18 plus years. And it's yeah. not just 18 years, actually. It's you know, weddings, holidays, and everything else. So it's important to figure that out. And I see a lot of great couples that have great relationships, and it takes, takes two. <laughs> so mm. it's not always easy, that's for sure. Do you have any suggestions on how to best get through the holidays as maybe a newly divorced or a widowed or recently separated single, which can be like often bring up themes of loneliness? You know, I think it's like anything. It's about how you try to spend it and how you perspective is. So yeah, you can be, you can, you know, have the woes and be sad about it. Or you can say, okay, well, you know, and I can take this time and I can do whatever I want. You know, I have nobody telling me where I have to go. I have nobody, you know, I don't have to impress anybody's, you know, in-law, my in-laws or anything. I can just, I always suggest to people, I know it's weird now with COVID and everything, but, you know, take out those invitations and those opportunities to go out and do different things with different people. Don't be afraid to. Well, I mean, again, uh, there's COVID, of course, but there's there's opportunities to do things and experience different things and meet new people that you can take advantage of, during, especially during this season, or go on a trip by yourself and do whatever you want. I love <laughs> you know? that. That could be, uh, it could be your own Christmas present to yourself, so you don't have to spend it on somebody else. I think that's when, I mean, yeah, in addition to trying to sort of like, just sort of saying yes, maybe outside of your comfort zone i i think that um you know if if you're widowed for example or even if you're recently separated uh, there's there's a lot of memories associated with holidays and that can make it really hard um to to everyone's happy and celebrating and here's you just sort of thinking about what you no longer have so i think taking a trip and like giving yourself a new experience in a new environment. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, we want to do the safe, the trip safely, <laughs> but people are able to travel um, now, you know what I mean? And do maybe, maybe not go internationally, but you could do a micro trip to like- yeah. Or organize your own, like Friendsgiving or you know, yeah. Christmas get together. I heard, I forget who the lady was. I just had heard a story that she was broke, as broke to <laughs> be had no money and what she did was she went on I think five ingredients for spaghetti and invited a bunch of people over and you know that she found so much happiness in doing that so maybe you make dinner for someone you know someone else you can, you can create your own experiences and create. it just takes that perspective of having that mindset that right mindset so first of all is recognizing where your mind is at and then saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something about it versus just being here and feeling down and depressed. Right. Because it's easy to go down that path. So easy. And, yeah. And you have to ultimately, there's nobody out there that's going to rescue you. You have to do it for yourself. So. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, well said. Um, well, this is sort of it's an easy transition because I was thinking while you were talking like about starting over and as the year comes to a close, it's all anyone can talk about. Like, oh, I can't wait for this year to be over so we could just start anew, which I mean, it's it's a silly idea, but it helps people feel like they have a new chance to make things right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They cleanse. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, like (laughs) it's still the same, but, um, Mm -hmm. it feels like we have fires next week too. (laughs) I'm hoping. Um, but I, I was, you know, how, how do we set ourselves up for a better year when so many things are still out of our hands? Well, I think the key is what you just said. It's out of your hands. So recognizing that, you're right, okay, what can I control? What am I spending my time stressing about? If I'm stressing about things that are out of my control, then uh, that's stupid. So I'm not going to that. You know, I'm going to focus instead on what I can control. And so I don't like the way I look. I can control what I put in my mouth. I can control going to the gym. I can control, um, you know, if I don't like, if I'm not happy, I can control what goes into my head. You know, I can turn off the news. Mm-hmm. I can um, listen to awesome podcasts like yours, or I can control, yeah. you know, other things. So it's, there's just, there's, it's easy to be negative and go down those, those paths, but you do have choices and, I mean, you're probably in a better place than you were in the past at some point in your life. So it's having that mindset, everyone's heard this, you know, being grateful, but it is super important. It is just, I think, you know, being around people, relationships, I know you said that relationships were a part of the pie, but I think they're such a huge part of the pie, piece of the pie. It's not just relationships, you know, with your significant other, it's like your friends, your family, everyone. And those are always the people that are most happiest, that have the best relationships, you know, whenever they do, you know, all that, um, you know, and when they're interviewing people at the end of their life, you know, it's all about relationships, ultimately. Mm. It's not about your money. It's not about your house and you don't have all those things. It's ultimately, it's the people in your life. And it's really the easiest way to invest, right? And, you know, it's just investing in other people. And, building you know maybe helping other people or building up other people stuff so you you get something from that as well so there's a number of people that i mentor or just help you know not not officially you know it's not um, formal but mm-hmm. i you know i find myself doing this and my husband actually called it out. he's like so is this a relationship you're actually getting something from or is this another person oh. you're taking under your wings and i'm like i'm probably getting something from it even if i am taking them under my you know, it's I'm always getting something from it because they I wouldn't I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing it otherwise probably. So you can you can learn from other people, you can grow, you can give back, you know, and that makes you feel better too. What a lovely message for the end of the year. Honestly. That I mean, I really appreciate your outlook and your positivity. I think there's so much negativity around dating. Like I said, we tend to focus this is just what we What's do as a culture on what we don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I love taking a look at your life and appreciating it for what you have, being brave about what you want and your boundaries, and just think about forging relationships and connections for the year ahead. Yeah, I think one of the big things with is 
with going out on a date, and I always preach this constantly, is it's your mindset going into it. If you go in with a mindset that, okay, let's see if this person is good enough, you know, and fits my requirements, and I should invest in it. But, you know, that's a closed mindset versus, let's see how I can give in this person a good time, how we can yeah. enjoy this. What can I learn from this person? What can I you know, get from it from an experience? And there's just definitely two different schools of thought. There's people that have the first one and the latter. And I think, I think it can be so, it's just so much more fun and interesting if you have the latter because you're growing and you're learning. You're, you know, everybody has something to offer or something that you can learn from them. Believe it or not, even if it is like they're super awkward, you can you can practice those communications in a small chat <laughs> with them, or just asking questions to learn their story. Everyone has a story, so it's interesting to learn from them. So it's just taking, it's you know, it's just learning from everything, everyone, whenever in every opportunity that we have. That's awesome, April. If people want to work with Luma. Do you have um, a free database or does everyone have to be a paid client? Yeah, they can be in the database. It's just if they go to the website, lumasearch.com, it's L-U-M-A search.com and Luma stands for luxury matchmaking. Oh, God. I was going to ask you. I'm so glad you brought that up. I thought it had something to do with the with Luna, the like the, lo- no. the moon, but I love that. Mm-hmm. Luxury matchmaking for luxury matchmaking. So Luma, lumasearch.com, you and it. you'll be prompted to join the database? Um, yeah, they can just fill out the form and then set up a time to speak with one of the matchmakers, and then she will take their intake, and, uh, and they can update their profile and photos and stuff, so then they can be considered as a match to any of our clients, or they could become a client themselves. If they wish. Love it. I would love to join your database. Well, yeah, so if you do. It'd be great. Yeah. And then, you know, how great would it be if I could like follow up and be like, guys, I went on 800 dates. Oh boy. <laughs> you have to join Luma. <laughs> 800 dates. I would be busy. Guys. Okay. That's excessive. <laughs> I would be really, really happy with eight dates. Eight <laughs> I would be happy with one date at all. Well, we should talk. We, are, <laughs> we will have a better 21, 2021, all of us listening, uh, you, April, me, I, I believe it. I feel there's positivity in the air and people ready for um, rebirth and change. So thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. your wisdom and your positivity with us, both from your life coaching, your dating coaching, and all of your knowledge from being a matchmaker. It's been a joy to speak with you. Likewise, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, My hashtag single friends, if you liked this episode or if you can think of any friend or two friends, three friends who would be who would benefit from working with Luma, um, please share it, like it, comment. As always, the best content is happening over on our Instagram page. So be sure to give us a follow at hashtag single pod. As you know, this is the very last of our matchmaker series um, and our last guest expert, but we've got some great new guest experts lined up for 2021. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. I wish you all the best end of 2020 and we will catch you next time.